0: Welcome to Quantum, the podcast every STEM student should be listening to. On this podcast, we cover everything from the recent news in the world of science, interviewing people that have majored in a STEM degree, and what they have gone on to do to talking about careers, finance, and business. This is the first episode, so we're going to get started off with a bit about me, who am I? Then we're going to talk about what this podcast is, and more of a detailed uh, explanation of what we're going to be covering and we're going to hit that off with ending about talking about articles uh, on the news, specifically in this episode, and atomic clocks that takes a step forward in redefining the second. So to get it started off with, who am I? Well, I'm currently a physics student at Cardiff University. Uh, I've been passionate about physics for a long time now. Uh, I do hope to pursue uh, you know, a career in physics, possibly. Although, to be fair, I am kind of split. Uh, There is some indecisiveness there because I do have an interest on the side of finance, where I have done stuff before. I do have opportunities in the consulting side, which seem quite exciting. So there is a range of uh, interest there that I have uh, that I'm quite undecided about, which is one of the things we're going to be covering in this podcast around careers and the opportunities that are presented to STEM students because looking and talking to people what I could see as kind of an issue is that many people don't see the opportunities that are actually presented to STEM students, uh, with a STEM degree, particularly in physics, uh, you have so many choices, many, st- uh, physics students go on to do, uh, work in, you know, computer science, doing some software development, they go into the finance sector and many, many other opportunities. So I'm currently, uh, pursuing an undergrad in physics, uh, it's it's been very interesting in my second year. Uh, everything going on with the COVID and that it's it has really changed the way uh, we learn these days. Uh, there's you know everything's going on in Zoom. I even haven't had the chance to go to labs in well several months now, and it really changes how we approach uh, studying physics. And while it has definitely taken kind of a toll on how well you learn because. Doing an experiment in the lab is completely different to just reading about it on a PowerPoint presentation. It has also brought on, uh, you know, opportunities. Uh, If there wasn't COVID right now and I couldn't work heavily just from my computer uh, without having to worry about the location, it would probably be much more difficult for me to do some of the stuff I do alongside that. So within my university, uh, I'm involved with uh, the Cardiff University Finance Society. Uh, I teach, uh, you know, I do some teaching there on the side of uh, trading, how to do that, uh, analysis, the companies and stuff like that, which is partly why I am including finance in this podcast, because I believe, you know, financial education should be free for everyone and it's easily accessible. And I think a lot of students within STEM fields from anything in chemistry, biology, engineering, mathematics, physics, and all that, uh, so many go on to the world of finance, and those who don't, they could really take advantage of the opportunities uh, that, you know, being very informed within the finance side can bring. Uh, And it's actually one of the things that launched my business. Uh, So that's kind of another point about me. I currently have a business uh, within the finance sector. It's been very exciting. Uh, There's a lot of difficult changes at some points in times, but it also brings in very interesting opportunities. For example, recently I was involved in a startup competition with my two business partners, and I can say that the three days that we've had the competition over have been absolutely thrilling. It was extremely exciting. To just work there for the three days, pursue, make a business plan, pitch deck, figure all that out. And we ended up winning the competition. It was just incredibly satisfying. And we met some amazing people along the way. And I could say without a shadow of a doubt, like experiences like that, even if I'd never pursue a career in finance or consulting and I do pursue a PhD and then stay in academia, they will have taught me so much, uh, you know. Let's say you're approaching, asking for a grant, uh, looking for money to fund your experiments, or you're getting into a PhD and you want to know how to fund it. Things like that, Uh, like the pitching and all those sides of it have really helped me understand that. And I'm I'm sure I've walked away far better from it. And so I actually think many STEM students should be uh, looking at opportunities like that. They should try starting a business. They should be looking at finance, because the lessons you take away aren't just specific to the world of finance, and consulting and business and all that. They are transferable even if you just go into academia. And I know many of you won't be going into academia because statistics say majority of you will end up somewhere between software engineering, finance and consulting because those sectors really, really, really love STEM students. But nevertheless, if you do stay in, it's still a very valuable opportunity for everyone. And I think you should have the chance to pursue it. And it would definitely be interesting. And let me kind of get into a bit about my business. So what we're building out is kind of a three branched approach. We have a educational arm where we're looking to provide free financial education for everyone. Uh, That includes, you know, the trading experience uh we're going to cover also some things like how to manage savings things like that but it's mainly centered around you know the finance sector trading understanding how to trade how to let's let's give a complicated example how to hedge a merger or something like that because there simply aren't that many opportunities to learn uh, and get some hands-on experience with that directly we see a lot of places like banks have courses which are incredibly overpriced and it's ludicrous in my opinion it's absolutely ludicrous just how much they charge I remember uh, we actually talked about this uh, on the podcast that we have for our company that a UBS charged is like 12 or 13 thousand dollars for a 10-day course right and all that information you learn there I had to look through some of the curriculum it is quite elementary like I'm not I'm definitely not going to say that doesn't bring you value if you do it but I feel the costs are completely unjustified because you can find all that information online for free. The issue with you know, just Googling all that information is kind of twofold. It, you don't get the hands-on side because oftentimes the explanations are quite technical and don't make it clear on how to actually use the knowledge you've just learned. And it's also very fragmented. So if you're not someone who's really committed to just, all right, I'm going to spend all my time kind of looking into this, trying to learn this, it is difficult and there's a lot of barriers you're gonna hit, which is exactly why we're building out the education arm. And we're then the second side of the business is the brokerage arm. We're building out an ESG brokerage. Now, there's a kind of a divide between what people see around investing and, you know, doing good. If you look at ESG, you're you're putting value on companies not just based on their bottom line, but also on the impact they have on the world, you know, stuff like governance or how do they treat their employees, stuff like uh, environmental impact. Uh, like, Let's say a company is heavily in the manufacturing sector and pollutes heavily. Well, those companies won't have a high ESG rating, so you can have a po- very, very positive impact even just through your trading and the businesses you support that way. And we really want to bring that disconnect and get rid of that disconnect and bring people closer to seeing the impact they can have with their investments now our third arm is of course on the research side because for those of you who are familiar with esg and that side of finance you're probably aware of how much greenwashing goes on now let me kind of explain what greenwashing is well greenwashing is essentially when you have businesses uh, look at and try to kind of skew their esg metrics to appear as if they're having a better impact than they are so our research arm one of the things they're going to be doing is developing an anti-greenwashing system to detect you know to recognize those do research into companies to actually know whether that company is just pretending to do good or genuinely doing uh, having a positive impact on the world and then also developing some ESG metrics because the ESG side is very new and it's very definitely very interesting but let's say for you investing into a company, that abuses its business partners is something you're just n- unwilling 100 percent unwilling to invest in no matter what well then uh, the esg metrics you can if you have a customized one they c- can tell you well this is business that breaches all your values now if you look at the world of finance there are many people and many businesses which are just willing to say yeah whatever i invest in them anyway because their bottom line is good so developing metrics which can clearly kind of tell you where you cr- where someone's crossing a line of your values i think will be invaluable and there has been some progress on that of course we're not uh, completely first to develop custom metrics but from everything i've seen they get very complicated and very technical and for someone that's new to the world of finance it's really not accessible it's not simple to use now as you know i've talked to me developing a business in the world of finance but what gives me the right right so how am I experienced? Well, in the past, like I've been tr- involved in finance for years now, and I've been teaching finance for a long time as well, because I, I, th- I think it's very important and it, the opportunity to expand it on a business level where I'm not just reaching the five or two students I'm talking to every week, but also a wider audience. I don't want to be restricted just by the people I can reach. We can have a real positive impact if it's run under a business and I really hope to make a good impact uh, with things like that. And, you know, like another experience I in finance is I worked on a derivative that I ended up pitching to a bank with a different business partner of mine, which is incredibly exciting. And when we're talking about derivatives, there's a side of it uh, where I've recently been to a derivatives conference in Frankfurt where they were talking about kind of the EU perspective on the world of finance and what they're aiming for. ESG derivatives was something that was brought up as an interesting product, and we hope that maybe we can contribute to that and make a positive impact, which would be incredibly exciting as well. Now, let me kind of move on from just talking about me and get into what actually are we going to do in this podcast. So, as you know, uh, you know, I, I said at the start of this episode, is that it's a podcast for every STEM student should be listening to. Well, why is this? Well, we're going to cover, of course, some interesting news from the world of science. It's always exciting to see what's going on. But I think it's just more than that. Uh, I've talked about the career opportunities a little while ago, a few minutes ago. And that's something I see many students don't really notice. Um, I have a lot of friends around uh, at my university that I talk to about the career perspectives and their feel. Like there's very few options and there are a wide range of opportunities. But in fact, you know, especially STEM students or, you know, in my example, physics students have a massive range there. So I definitely want to cover, talk about that a bit. And I'm going to go through that by having, uh, you know, I'm going to invite some people over to interview on the podcast who have uh, studied majors in STEM. And we can go through everything from those who have chosen to pursue Uh, their STEM side further and gone into academia, but also importantly want to cover people who have gone on to start their own businesses, people who have uh, gone into different range of fields just to show everyone uh, the kind of opportunities that exist. And you really aren't limited. You could go do whatever you want. And that's particularly uh, a case for STEM students where the range is absolutely massive. Now, Since running a business and the finance side is quite personal to me, and this is kind of my personal podcast, I am also going to cover and talk about some of the business side and the finance side, partly because uh, they have so many opportunities for STEM students, but also because I think it's always useful to be informed like that because you never know when you get that idea or that opportunity to start a business. So having the knowledge and familiarity with how that works, how to approach it, I think has incredible utility there. And now we're going to move on to the article section. So on uh, Science News uh, org, there's been an article recently published about that atomic clocks take a step towards redefining the second. It's been kind of very interesting because we have redefined many units. Like, for example, if you think about it an atomic clock you just assume, right, that's going to be based on cesium and it's very consistent but There has been some inaccuracy in that because of the way it's designed. And we have have redefined so many units. Uh, I think you probably remember uh, in 2019, we redefined the unit of mass, right? Because there were some changes there to make it more accurate. And with this experiment that they were doing, they were trying to kind of see the errors within uh, such measurements and how they could correct it. So they took three different clocks uh, slightly positioned at different places and then communicate with fiber cables uh, to compare some of that data. Now, there's something I kind of want to point out that wasn't mentioned in the article and that, I don't know, I've just been talking about a lot recently with people, but they've been using fiber cables. So if you're very interested uh, in kind of some a, a fun teaser around light, uh, look into like whether the two-way speed of light is the same as one way speed of light and how that works. You've, you might have seen a very interesting video on it on YouTube by, I don't actually remember who it was by, but it was quite an interesting listen to. It and then I spent a lot of time thinking about it. So definitely, if you're interested in a brain teaser, I recommend you check that out. But let's get back to the article. So there has been uh, an attempt to kind of redefine, make it more accurate. And the uncertainty within this experiment was actually insanely low, it was a quadrillionth of a percent which amazing, right? But on the other hand, you have to think about our accuracy. Like if we're, re- if we're defining the second uh, nanoseconds and we go down and down and down, the accuracy of that time is extremely important given the low units of time we sometimes use for measurement. And one thing I kind of want to point out before we head off here is the name of the actual team. So there, there were scientists at the Boulder Atomic Clock Optical Network. Now, some of you might have already realized what this acronym is, but it's BACON, right? That's kind of cool. Uh, the, the team called BACON is redefining uh, the second by providing more accurate measurements. And yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. So let me just do a quick summary of everything we've covered They've gone through who am I, so I'm, um, you know, mentioning I'm a physics student, I'm running a business, and my experience in finance. You then talk about, you know, what is this podcast? We talk about opportunities for STEM students, the interest that we're going to cover about interesting news, interview people, and talk a bit about, you know, what's like running a business and working in the world of finance. And then the thing we just went over, which were the atomic clocks taking a step towards redefining the second. Uh, If you are, you know, interested, uh, just go to sciencenews.org and just type in atomic clocks uh, redefined the second and you can quickly find that article very easily. And it's definitely worth a read. It's pretty short. And if you do want to look at it further, look at the paper because it definitely has some interesting notes in the way Bacon did the experiment. So thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye.